plain as boogie woogie. Said your money's almost gone. You can't complain and then you moan. You miss a boat cause you too old. Either tide is too cold. Never blame yourself, it's always me. Like a blind man, you just can't see. The side of you, we lead a room. All you talk about is gloom. Now ain't that bad Nobody cares Now ain't that sad Don't dig jokes They ain't no good Loosen up baby Just like you should
This is Roman. I'll be hosting the show today. Thanks for listening. We are broadcasting live from the Mission District. We're on the corner of 21st and Florida. We're in San Francisco. We're on Ohlone land. (sighs) Thank you for listening in. I have a show coming up. Can't quite describe it yet because it's unpredictable. There's a few things that we plan in advance. Some things we don't know what's going to happen exactly or how things are going to go. So we appreciate you listening in. The music today, I've decided to do a new thing with music. There's also just a lot of music out there to play. So recently I was, I found I had, there was an old bin that I'd had of old CDs. And for a while there were CDs that had been donated and sold and uploaded. Anyway, I've forgotten about these. So there was a magazine back, I guess it was in the nineties called Huh, H-U-H. It was a music magazine and they would, along with the magazine, they would send out a CD every month. And I had these CDs, which I'd forgotten about. So this is from one of the 
Uh, this is the Blues Issue Special CD. So I thought with these CDs, some of which didn't quite make it with me, and I've moved a lot, and uh, some of these CDs didn't quite make it with me, and the result of that is that they are still somehow have come back to me in some way. So I am bringing them to the station so folks can play them. So that's what we'll be hearing today. And I also do like to play music from folks I know, so please, if you are a musician, uh, send me your music. I'm, I would like to play your music. That's what I'm saying right now. We'll get into some news stories. Ugh. And we can start off with... Oh, goodness. Ugh. Yeah. Recently in Oakland, and this comes from Indie Bay, which folks can check out at IndieBay.org. It's an independent news organization. They also... Oh, we've got a phone call. I'm going to take this. I'm going to play some more music in the meantime, and then we'll get back to the, the news after that. Down on my knee, 
Disorgan- oh, not dis- life is, uh, there's a lot going on. Okay, so welcome back to the show. A little bit disjointed this morning, afternoon, whenever you're listening. Thanks again for listening, appreciate it. So going back to this, uh, I sigh a lot on the show. If, you, if you're listening for the first time, that's something that happens quite a bit. I don't have a catchphrase, I have a, a sighing that happens. So this article came out uh, Thursday, January 10th. Again, it's from IndieBay. So if you go to IndieBay.org, they're a good source of news, independent news in the Bay Area. Uh, Columbo in Oakland, raided and evicted by police. Uh, Chaga responds, and there's a video we'll be playing after 
read the article, and this is written by Dave Id. Uh, Colombo Community Social Center in Oakland was raided and evicted by police shortly after noon on January 9th. Landlords have attempted to push Colombo out almost as long as they've been there, with the current corporate landlord refusing to renew their lease since 2016. But Colombo members have resisted displacement until police snuck in yesterday. When no one was in the building at 2313 San Pablo Avenue on January 9th, police rolled up, entered the space, and removed computer equipment. Before Oakland police left about an hour later, new padlocks were placed on the entrances and security gates on behalf of the company managing the property. While the raid was still happening, Colombo member Chaga Kwania attempted to enter the premises to gather some items, but was denied access by police. As he walked away, police accused him of having broken into the building and handcuffed him until the raid was nearly completed. Originally leased and established as the Holdout Social Center in the fall of 2011, after having been vacant for years, the community space reopened as Colombo on April 2014. In April 2014, Colombo offered neighborhood residents a reading library, educational programs, computer access, meals, a garden next door, and more. Colombo hosted music and arts gatherings as well as countless political radical events on behalf of those affected by police violence, prisoners, and other marginalized peoples from across the country and around the world. In 2015, the previous owner of the long empty lot next to the building attempted several times to evict farmers and destroy the Africatown Community Garden, but backed down after hundreds showed up to defend the space and city officials intervened on behalf of Colombo. Neil Sullivan's REO Homes, responsible for numerous evictions and widespread gentrification throughout Oakland, especially in West Oakland, acquired the building and the adjoining lot used for the garden, then refused to renew Colombo's lease in 2016. And Colombo has been fighting to hold on to the space ever since. That is, until Oakland police rushed the building when no one was present and put new locks on the doors. In the video below, Chaga explains that the eviction process was allowed to proceed against Colombo without their participation because the rental company, the post office, the city, and the sheriff's office conspired to make sure Colombo members did not receive related notices and legal filings. They were out of the loop until police raided Colombo. Next steps for the community uh, social center remain uncertain. <sighs> so um, I'm going to go ahead and play the video now. It's an interview. The uh, community uh, center of Quilombo right here on West, in West Oakland on 2030 San Pablo. And basically the sheriff and the Oakland Police Department in the city, they basically just conspired a bunch of paperwork with the post office so that we wouldn't get mail. And basically they were just stopping the whole process of us keeping the building. So we had a lot of different um, documents that was coming in from the court and it wasn't being sent to our mailbox. And none of our bills, because they were sending it right to the post office. So they was basically trying to find a way for us not to get our mail, not to be able to pay our rent so that they can find a way to ultimately take the building like how they did right now. So it was a process of them um, shutting down our post, um, our mailing, as well as um, the, uh, the rental company, as well as the rental company not giving us our mail, not giving our eviction documents, not giving us any of our notices. So we basically was out of the loop until they came in right now and raided us. So it's just unfortunate, and it's something that we have to figure out in the future, and it's just something that we have to let folks know that goes on is the post office, the city, and the sheriff's department will come together to stop some shit. 
You know what I mean? They will make sure you ain't getting no mail. They will make sure that you ain't getting no police support. And they will make sure that all documents that, that comes to protecting the building that you get won't be there. And you, you were handcuffed, correct? I was handcuffed. I was here at the building trying to get some items. They wouldn't let me. They let me get clothes. I left. They arrested me. Said I was. Um, said that um, I broke and entered. But it was obviously maintenance people here who let me in. It's cameras. All of the jank. My name is Chaga Kwania. And they stole some property. community space. They stole some property too? Yeah, they stole property. We don't know what they stole. We can't even go in there and just count all of the things that we got taken out of there. You know what I mean? But it has been, it's a lot of valuable things as well as monitors and computers that they took. Like, police took our monitors and our computers. Like, maybe they're looking for some information. Maybe they want some information. Have you been using the space uh, recently? It's been, it's, this space has been used since 2014. So yes, it's been used recently. Um, we recently had some events up in here about a week ago, so. Okay. Right. You know what I mean? It's, it's just unfortunate and it's something that we, we gotta like make sure that we, uh, we, we we figure out and that we uh, we try to get, we try to take back. I mean, we've been doing so much for this community here. And it's just unfortunate the sheriff and the post office and the city can do some shit like this and get us out of here. Yeah. Well, that's all it was. The sheriff, the post office, and the city. Thank you for your time. Good luck. Sheriff, the post office, and the city. All right, so again, this was posted uh, from Indie Bay. If you go to IndieBay.org, they have this article as well as the video with more information. We've also shared it on the Facebook website. If you go to Facebook.com forward slash Weekly Rev, you can check that out there. Uh, we're going to have a call coming in at 12.30. We'll be speaking to Jacinta Gonzalez from Mi Gente. So stay tuned for that. It's coming up in about eight minutes or so. We have another news story. I wonder if we have the time to go through it first before... Uh, the call. We might. Um, okay. So this is from MorningstarOnline.co.uk. Uh, the largest strike in history is happening in India right now. Around 150 million people began a two-day general strike in India today against Prime Minister Narendra Modi's anti-labor and anti-trade union policies in India. Workers from both the public and private sectors were joined by teachers and students from across the country, forming possibly the largest strike in history. Below are a section of, section of AP photographs from today's general strike. They have one from uh, Mumbai. Trade union activists demonstrate, march, and wave communist flags on the first day of a two-day general strike all right and they've got lots of photos in bangalore another huge trade union demonstration a large number of people carry the banner of the all india united trade union center a i u t u c uh next up uh Kolkata. Uh, the strikers are joined by communist party of india marxist cpim activists and then arrests. Uh, Communist Party of India Marxist CPIM leader Sujan uh, Chakraborty and fellow activists were, are arrested during today's demonstration in Kolkata. And they've got more photos. We've also shared this on the Weekly Review page as well. So if you go again, facebook.com forward slash weekly rev, post the news articles there. And this article comes from morningstaronline.co.uk. All right, we're going to play some more music and then we'll have our call in at uh, 1230. Stay tuned. Rise 
but I'm feeling so sad. I long to try something I've never had. Oh, oh, nah. Never had no kisses. Oh, oh, I'm missing that. Love a man away. night is cold and I'm so all alone oh I'd give my soul I'd give my soul just to call you my own oh, oh, the weekly review. I am joined on the phone by Jacinta Gonzalez, who is the senior campaign organizer for Mi Gente. Jacinta, thank you so much for calling in. No, thank you so much for having me. Uh, yes, I, so I was referred to you uh, through Eileen um, and originally um, there had been a uh, excuse me, there was a, an event that happened here in San Francisco um, a few months ago and it was about the relationship between Amazon and ICE. And so definitely wanted to put the word out to folks about in terms of which organization, you know, which big companies to boycott because of their willingness to, to work with ICE, for instance. Yeah. Um, well, again, thank you so much for, for having us on, you know, for us to, to give some of your listeners some background on, on who we are and what our organization is about. You know, Mi Gente is a political home for radical Latinx folks who share our values of being pro-black, pro-worker, pro-queer, um, pro-trans, pro-woman, pro-indigenous, pro-planet. We know that our communities are all of those things. And yes. And we have to be able to organize in a way that affects all of us. Um, so for us, a lot of our work is focusing on 
some of the ways that, you know, the, the state is able to control and keep our people down. And we know that so much of that happens through, you know, the, the criminal legal system, whether it's through policing or incarceration, or also through immigration enforcement. And through that work, we kept just finding time and time again how some of these tech companies are really dedicating so much of their innovation, of their thought, of their product into developing things that are helping the police, um, whether it's immigration or state and local police, be able to control people more. Right. Um, and particularly with ICE, there's all of these companies like Amazon, Palantir, um, Red Technologies, that are really helping them do such horrendous things in our community. Yes, yes. So how did, um, how was this information discovered? Mm-hmm. How were they able to track me down? How were they able to get the information to do this raid? Um, I'm starting to realize that more and more digital uh, footprints are being used to be able to surveil and track, detain, and deport our community members. So, um, kind of through anecdotal evidence, we kind of could really start to see how there's been a shift in how I tracked people down in the last, you know, five years. Um, and so we commissioned Empower LLC. A corporate research firm to kind of help us unpack some of the questions that we were seeing. Um, and they helped us really kind of understand how both private sources of data, like medical bills and phone bills, um, and anything that can be found on YouTube through social media, is now being sold to ICE um, through third party vendors, but then also processed through some of these corporations like Palantir for them to be able to store and really understand and track information on someone. Oh. Um, and that's why we put up the report on it, to get more people to, to understand what's happening. That's great, and that's, that's really helpful for, for folks to understand how everything is connected. And I think a lot of us, you know, are, are aware of just how systemically how it's the powers that be are already kind of in cahoots to do what, whatever they whatever they want to do. Yeah, and especially seeing how many, um, yeah, corporations are really starting to see how much money they can get. Um, you know, contracts with the Department of Defense or the Department of Homeland Security are very lucrative contracts. Um, and so they're, they're really starting to see that market as being open. Oh. Oof. So aside from, you know, letting folks know that these are certain uh, companies to avoid and to boycott. What else can um, what else can folks do uh, in order to support uh, Mihente and other organizations that are actually fighting for people's rights? Yeah, I mean, there's there's so much to do, and that's such an important question. So thank you for that. Um, one of the things, if there's if there's radical um, Latinx folks out there listening to this that want to get involved, that want to become members of Mihente, want to meet other Mihente members um, in their local area, um, you can go to our website and kind of find more information about membership. If you go to mihente.net backslash membership, um, you'll find a lot of details. You can sign up. You can be part of the, the political fam and kind of get, get connected and, and plug in in different ways. You know, we have local circles that are doing work. We have national crews that are doing work around everything from creating new technologies to doing translation for organizing to be able to do new education programs. There's tons of ways for people to plug in. And so again, we can do that in that backslash membership. Um, 
we have petition a petition against Amazon asking them to cancel their contract um, with uh, Palantir and ICE directly. So folks can sign that to help share that out. It's a great way for us to be uh, building up pressure. But also there's always a fight in your local backyard. You know, whether or not that's our members in New York who are putting up a fight against Amazon coming to Queens, or whether that is, um, you know, someone locally trying to make sure that your uh, sanctuary city policy is actually expanded to try to, you know, protect from some of these digital technologies that are being developed. There's so many things that people can do to plug in. Um, So we just want to encourage people to, you know, get involved in the fight because we need all hands on deck. Indeed. Yes, and here last year, there were many folks who did the occupy, and I think around the country, there was the folks occupying the areas outside ICE headquarters. So here in San Francisco, there were many folks who are camped outside, and people, the folks doing that uh, prevented deportations in Northern California for happening for quite a while. So, you know, there's also just folks doing direct action, which is also really crucial. Yes, and, and, you know, direct action, especially in these times, is so important to be able to show that we won't comply. We're seeing the attacks come from all sides, right? We're really seeing both at the local level, at the state level, and obviously at the federal level, so many ways that that, that attacks are coming. But that's why if we're able to take action and and take a stand against them, we're really able to change the the terms of the debate and the terms of the conversation. and get some real wins for people, whether, like you're saying, accepting one deportation or helping in one particular case or actually getting a new policy for your city. Indeed. Uh, so uh, something else I wanted to mention for other listeners out there is that folks can also become a member. So by donating monthly, um, folks are able to do that. So I wanted to also refer folks to the mihente.net website. So folks can also donate if you happen to have the capital. So I wanted to encourage people to do that as well. Yes, thank you for that. You know, for us, it's been really important to be able to to build up a political home where we can all kind of collectively come together and and do the most that that we can. And we know that sometimes, you know, just having the the funds to be able to do that is really important. So appreciate all all donations and contributions that folks are able to make. But again, I want to say, like, the most important thing that folks can do is just get involved in your local community, form a local circle, or something that, that can come help to, to spread the word about what's happening mm-hmm. because we really need people power as much as we can. Indeed. Uh, something else I wanted to to mention that I appreciated was from the the website. There was the uh, Resist Ice Tour and Web Series, uh, the Chingala Migra uh, Resist Ice Tour and Web Series on the website. So I also want to just to appreciate that and uh, promote that as well for folks if they'd like to learn more. And I feel like the the Ice Tour went to different cities in the U.S. and uh, talked about what was happening in those particular particular cities. Yeah, the Chingana Mira tour was, was something that we did last summer. Um, but it was really a response to just what we were seeing on the ground. Obviously, folks were sick and tired of the abuses that they were seeing of ice in their in their backyards. Um, and really starting to experiment with different strategies and different sense of resistance about how to push back against Amira. In this moment where the abolish ice hashtag is starting to catch on and different people were starting to understand how harmful ice is. Mm-hmm. Um, so we went to 10 cities across the country. It was super fun. Um, and it was also really inspiring to see, even in these moments that seem sometimes really dark and full of despair, that local communities are still fighting back, are still building collectively, 
like still pushing for other alternatives and kind of um, doing so in different realms. So we kicked off the tour in Seattle, Washington. We went to everything from, you know, small towns in Tennessee to the border in San Diego, um, to the cities of Philadelphia, um, to Phoenix. So really like Chicago. You know, we went around everywhere being able to really understand what, what local campaigns against criminalization um, and what also building relationships looks like. So if folks can check out the web series, it's hosted by the amazing Alejandra Pablo, who is also a Mijente member and has been fighting deportation for many years um, now. And, you know, last year she was re-detained just because she was at a protest. And Ugh. unfortunately, last December, a judge ordered her deported. But she continued the fight and is now demanding a pardon by the, the governor in Arizona. So um, folks are also like, you know, watch the videos, share them, learn more about Alejandra's case. And, and there's also a petition um, supporting her and a website uh, for her case called Release Ale Now. Um, or sorry, keepalefree.org, um, where folks can learn more information about her case. Great. Thank you for sharing that. Lots of, lots of good information there. So what's what's happening next, and what are some other things that perhaps you can share with the listeners that uh, I know you mentioned a lot about folks organizing locally. Is there anything else that folks can uh, tap into that's uh, happening? Yeah, I mean, obviously right now um, there's so much going on in so many fronts of right, battle right. um, that we're working on. I think a couple of things that to just kind of highlight for, for the listeners is we're obviously... Um, you know, last year we got involved in the elections by supporting Stacey Abrams for governor of um, Georgia and were really inspired by, by her campaign and her work. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, this year we have uh, several members that are running for office themselves um, in cities from Phoenix. Um, Carlos Garcia running there, and to Erika Nguyen running in Chile, um, to folks running in, in um, Boston and other places. I think there's a lot of about how we are able to also intervene in, in that um, yeah, in that world and kind of make our voices heard there as well to kind of be in public with people who have ideas right. of what's going to help based on their work. Um, so that's definitely happening. I think, you know, right now we're also um, tense watching what's happening at the federal level um, with Trump's continuous demands for a border wall. <sighs> I think we know that whether or not he gets his border wall or the Democrats, Democrats get their one billion quote-unquote digital border wall, um, we're going to be seeing increases in immigration enforcement, increases in detention, increases in surveillance and deportation. And so, you know, that we have to continue to be kind of at that, at that side and, you know, we were we were lucky to get rid of Jeff Sessions and his evil ways. Right. But if Barr is confirmed next week by the Senate, um, we're going to get someone who's going to be equally dedicated to mass incarceration, criminalization, and enforcement of criminalizing immigration by prosecuting people for illegal entry and reentry. And so we know that we're going to have to figure out a way to combat that. And they're planning on launching a fellowship for people who want to be taking on federal immigration prosecution cases mm. from an organizing standpoint. Oh. And so definitely kind of stay, stay tuned because in the next couple of weeks we'll be putting out the details about how that will work um, to give people opportunities to kind of build up their skills and be able to take on more cases. That's great. Uh, 
yeah. Oh, I'm just taking a, a sigh because it's just a lot to a lot to take in, and it just seems like it's it's constant. The and the unfortunately the the folks in positions of power are are organized, so it's just a matter of yeah. out organizing them. Yeah. Well, that you know, it really is. We know that these are hard times. We know that we have to, like you're saying, out organize them um, and build the power to be able to to push back. But I think we're also been really excited to see all of the folks that have kind of been who are coming into this work who are getting more radicalized by this political moment, who mm-hmm. are building up their skill set and these fights um, for like what's to come. Yes. Just last December, we gathered in San Antonio, Texas, um, for our third month at the convening. Um, we literally had like 75 extra people that just came because they were so excited to be in the Latinx space with people who share their ideas and their dedication to a different world um, where people can live with dignity, where people can live with the respect that they deserve. Um, and so I think it's also, you know, we have to be able to hold both sides of this because if not, we're going to be depressed and, you know, yeah. <laughs> not be able to continue the fight. So it's also seeing the person where we're able to build community together. Yes, yes. Sorry, I missed the last uh, the last last sentence you said. Do you mind repeating that, please? I'm just saying that that we have to find ways to continue kind of building community to reinvigorate ourselves and, and continue the fight. Oh yes, yes, definitely. Thank you, thank you for saying that. Oh goodness, uh, don't mind the silence and just more or less just taking it all in. Mm-hmm. Oh goodness gracious! Uh, well, I really I really appreciate you. Um, excuse me. I appreciate you calling in. Is there anything else you'd like to share? Um, it can be either about Mi Gente or anything else that's happening right now that you'd like to either um, share or promote. No, just again, um, thank you so much for the time and the space to, to get on the air and, and, and be part of this conversation. And obviously, like again, encouraging people to, to check out the website, check out our work, and if there's any questions or or yeah, if the folks that want to get involved in any other way, feel free to reach out. My email is hasinta at mihenta.net. So J A C I N T A at mihenta.net. So feel free to reach out directly. Um, yeah, happy to talk and continue the conversation. And thank you for the space. Of course, thank you so much for calling in, and uh, lots of love and respect to all the all the folks you work with. Awesome. Thank you. Have a wonderful day. Thank you. You too. All right. Big, big, big thank you to Jacinta for calling in and for all the folks at Mi Gente. Thanks to Eileen for putting us in touch. <sighs> lots of information there and lots of and and also lots of ways for folks to participate. We believe in diversity of tactics. So there's a lot of ways that folks can check in with what's happening, as Jacinta mentioned, uh, within your local communities. And the website's also a really great web uh great uh, source for information if folks are interested in organizing they also like petitions you can sign also lots of information as we mentioned there's a chingala migra uh, resist ice tour and web series which is really informational we've played a few of those episodes on the on the show before in the past there's also who's behind ice which delves into the tech and data companies fueling deportations which goes more into detail about what we were talking about as well so those are 
companies to uh, certainly avoid and boycott and also to have conversations with folks in your life about people who, I know a lot of folks use Amazon. So what are ways that we can stop using those websites and also put pressure on them to stop working with ICE? Lots of, yeah, lots of information there. So again, go to mihente.net and that's M-I-J-E-N-T-E.net. We're going to take a bit of a music break. Also, you can uh, join their mailing list and lots of great information on their mailing list. So there's a a place on their website where you can also sign in and join the mailing list too. So I wanted to add that as well. They also are on Twitter and Facebook, so you can follow them on social media as well. If you're also on social media, lots of great information, folks doing a lot of really incredible work. So please uh, do participate if you are able and share and spread the word. You can donate if you're able to. Yes. Okay. Next up. And there's always a point during the show when I, I, when I get excited, I, I don't quite flap my arms or wave my arms, but I, if you know me, you see me do this. I speak with my hands a lot sometimes. And inevitably, when I'm doing this show, I hit the microphone stand. It happens almost every episode, and it just happened. Okay, that being said, we're going to take a bit of a music break, and we'll be back in a bit. Stay tuned.
Thanks so much for listening in during the government shutdown. So many folks are without pay, and also some of the parks are shut down. And pretty disturbing. Uh, Visitors chainsaw iconic Joshua trees in National Park during government shutdown. This has been posted in a lot of different places online. The article that came up uh, right at the moment is from Yahoo, although I'm sure there's lots of other news sources as well. It's pretty disturbing. Uh, Joshua trees are also like endangered. And so as a summary, the Joshua Tree National Park, it's about the size of Delaware. So it's pretty, it's pretty large. Uh, there's only eight law enforcement rangers who are tasked with, pro- with protecting the park, which is about a little over 1,200 square miles uh, during the shutdown. So there's a lot of area and a few park rangers who are there. And so there are visitors who came in, uh, they uh, cut illegal roads and they chopped down the park's most famous, uh, uh, the trees. And it's pretty disturbing. So if you're interested in checking out more of this atrocious behavior, go to Yahoo, check out the article there. Or if you just even type in Joshua Tree, I'm sure a lot of these articles will pop up. But this is... <sighs> quite disturbing. So wanted to, to share that with, I didn't really want to share it. Honestly, it was disturbing to hear. And at the same time, it's just atrocious to hear about how folks have no respect for, for nature and also just how <sighs> by not having folks have access to, 
take care of the the parks that it leads to more and more problems. Oh goodness gracious. Got some other news coming up as well. The so the Yellow Vest protesters in in France have decided on Saturday to withdraw their money from all the banks in order to topple the government. So that's a thing that's happening. You can check that out as well online. I've been reading that. And yeah, lots going on today. So I didn't have as much time to prepare as, as per usual, but I wanted to at least share this information with folks. Uh, lots of sighs, lots of sighs coming in. Next up, I'm going to play a clip. Um, So originally, Angela Davis was going to be um, honored. And because she has spoken on behalf of Palestinian rights, she's uh, no longer. And Democracy Now! did an interview. I was considering playing it. I'll play a little bit of a clip right now while I get myself together here and set up everything. It'll take just a moment here. We're going to put on some music while I get myself together, and we'll be back in a bit. under fire after rescinding a human rights award for the scholar, civil rights activist, and author Angela Davis. In September, the Institute announced it would award Davis the Fred L. Shuttlesworth Award, named after the civil rights icon. But last Friday, the Institute voted to withdraw the award and cancel this year's gala event in February. Davis is a Birmingham, Alabama native who grew up in a neighborhood known as Dynamite Hill because it was bombed so frequently by the Ku Klux Klan. The Institute rescinded the award days after the Birmingham Holocaust Education Center sent a letter urging the board to reconsider honoring Davis. According to AL.com, the January 2nd letter cited Davis's, quote, recent outspoken support of the boycott, divestment and sanctions campaign against Israel, which is very troubling, as it targets the Jewish people excessively, the letter said. It went on to state, We do not suggest that Israel should be immune from criticism, but BDS ignores gross human rights transgressions by other countries around the world and focuses solely on Israel, the world's only Jewish state." Unquote. 
Others in the Birmingham area criticized Davis for her support for the Black Panthers and Communist Party. The Institute's decision to rescind the award has sparked outrage in Birmingham and around the country. Birmingham Mayor Randall Woodfin said he was dismayed by the Institute's decision, which he said came after, quote, protests from our local Jewish community and some of its allies, unquote. The Birmingham City Council voted unanimously to express support for Dr. Davis, as did the Birmingham School Board. In addition, more than 350 academics have signed on to a letter supporting Davis that was organized by Jewish Voice for Peace. The letter states, in part, quote, "...the decision seems to stem from a misinformed view that to advocate for Palestinian human rights is somehow offensive to the Jewish community." Unquote. Meanwhile, three members of the Birmingham Civil Rights Institute have resigned, including the chair and first vice chair, following calls for their ouster over the controversy. Angela Davis is now scheduled to attend an alternative event in Birmingham next month, on the same night she would have come for the Shuttlesworth event, which is being organized by a coalition of grassroots groups. Well, on Thursday, I spoke with Angela Davis in her first television interview since the controversy began. She joined us from Oakland, California. I began by asking her to respond to the Birmingham Civil Rights Institute decision to rescind the award, honoring her with the Fred Shuttlesworth Award. When they informed me that I had been chosen to be the 2018 recipient of the Fred Shuttlesworth Human Rights Award, I was quite um, honored, uh, and uh, I was looking forward to returning to um, uh, the, the, the place where I was uh, born and, and, and raised. Uh, uh, by the way, I did know Fred Shuttlesworth. Uh, uh, and I went to school with uh, his daughter, uh, Patricia. So it was, it was um, quite an exciting development. Uh, uh, last Saturday, uh, I uh, sur surmised, shortly before they released the statement, the Birmingham Civil Rights Institute contacted me and simply read the statement to me. Um, when I uh, made requests to them to offer me more substantive uh, reasons uh, for the rescission of the award, uh, uh, I was uh, met with responses, um, very abstract responses, such as, it's a matter of public record. Uh, and so, during the very brief phone call, I really did not know uh, uh, what it was that had, had caused them to uh, uh, take that uh, position. It was only um, after uh, I was informed that an article had appeared in the magazine Southern Jewish Life that uh, basically detailed uh, some of my activism uh, around Palestinian human rights uh, for BDS uh, against some of the policies and practices of, of the state of, of Israel. Uh, I don't think uh, they were aware that uh, the response would be so immediate and so overwhelmingly uh, in favor of my receiving the award. I have heard from literally hundreds of individuals and organizations, uh, 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 letters are being circulating circulated not only by Jewish Voice for Peace, but by um, 
um, historians, uh, I think it's the American Historical Society, I may be wrong, one of the professional organizations uh, that uh, 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 includes scholars who do work on civil rights. Uh, I have been um, contacted by many people in, in Birmingham. Uh, some of my oldest friends are involved in organizing the uh, event, the alternative event, which is scheduled to take place on the same day uh, that the uh, Birmingham Civil Rights uh, Institute event uh, was uh, originally to take place. It's actually quite um, um, exciting uh, to see the issue of, uh, of, of, of Palestinian justice, justice for Palestine, uh, uh, emerge as a um, uh, topic of popular discourse. We have attempted for so long to encourage a conversation like this. I don't know whether I enjoy being at the center of the controversy. I think I've had my share of controversies in my life. Uh, um, but uh, I'm, I'm, I'm happy to uh, assist in the process of uh, encouraging more discussion on racism, on anti-Semitism, on, on, on justice for Palestine. I want to turn to Birmingham Mayor Randall Woodfin, who said in a statement, as I consider the controversy over the Birmingham Civil Rights Institute's decision to honor Dr. Angela Davis with the Fred L. Shuttlesworth Human Rights Award and its subsequent decision to rescind that honor after protests from our local Jewish community and some of its allies, my overriding feeling is one of dismay. Why am I dismayed? I'm dismayed because this controversy might have been avoided entirely had it been handled differently. I am dismayed because, as has been the case throughout Birmingham's history, people of goodwill behaved reflexively, rather than engaging in meaningful discourse over their differences and seeking common ground. I am dismayed because this controversy is playing out in a way that harks backward rather than forward, that portrays us as the same Birmingham we always have been, rather than the one we want to be. I'm dismayed because I believe that we should be able able to expect better from ourselves and from one another. Again, that's the—those uh, are the words of the mayor of Birmingham, Mayor Randall Woodfin, the youngest mayor in more than 120 years, who even has offered to facilitate a conversation. Interestingly, he's on the board of the Birmingham Civil Rights uh, Museum, the, as it's known, the uh, Birmingham um, Civil Rights Institute. But was not included in that emergency phone call or the executive phone call that was held last Friday uh, in, in the vote that took place that a number of people are demanding notes be revealed about that led to the announcement on Saturday, Angela Davis. Your thoughts on Mayor Woodfin's response? Uh, well, first of all, I uh, find it uh, very exciting that uh, Birmingham now has a, a mayor who is bold and outspoken and willing to take risk, and who has uh, certainly played an important role in generating um, the, the the protest against the decision of the board of the Birmingham Civil Rights Institute. Uh, uh, I am aware of the fact that he is an ex officio member of the board, as is Odessa Woolfolk, who is um, uh, the person who uh, 
has been, over the years, the driving force for the creation and the continuation of this uh, institute. Uh, uh, she was, um, uh, by the way, my Sunday school teacher. Uh, I think she's about 10 years older than I am. And uh, she was an ex—she's an ex-officio member of the board and the chair emerita. I don't think that she was involved in, in the discussion uh, at all. Uh, uh, so it's it's interesting that they are unwilling to uh, reveal precisely what their process uh, was, uh, and that uh, we are left to speculate about the influences that were responsible for this decision. But 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 let me say I think it's important um, not to uh, generalize about uh, the Jewish community in, in Birmingham, uh, just as uh, I would suggest we not generalize about the, the black community there, are, are people representing very different uh, uh, political uh, positions uh, in both communities. I am aware that there are um, uh, progressive members of the Jewish community there. I know that Jewish Voice for Peace um, um, has contacts in, 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 in Birmingham. I, um, I, I think it's important, as we engage in discussion around this controversy, to be um, aware of the extent to which uh, uh, um, anti-Semitism uh, can uh, also uh, be um, um, a force here. Uh, uh, so I would just guard against characterizing the Jewish community in, in, in Birmingham in such sweeping terms. This issue of your support for Palestine and Palestinians um, and the boycott, divest, sanctions movement, can you talk about that? Uh, would you describe yourself as a supporter of BDS, and what does that mean? Oh, absolutely. I have never concealed my support for the boycott sanctions uh, movement. As a matter of fact, uh, when BDS was created uh, in 2005, I believe, as uh, uh, a response um, to uh, efforts by Palestinian civil society to take measures uh, that uh, are in the spirit of the civil rights movement. As a matter of fact, uh, uh, it has been characterized as a nonviolent effort by Palestinian civil society uh, to challenge uh, the, 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 the repression uh, that is so pervasive in occupied Palestine. Uh, I have been a supporter of uh, uh, justice for Palestine almost as long as I can remember, at least since my uh, years in, in college. Uh, more recently, I have been uh, uh, perhaps uh, uh, attempting to guarantee, along with many others, that the issue of justice for Palestine uh, be placed on social justice agendas more broadly. Uh, and it is, uh, I think, the fact that, that those of us who have been doing this work over the last, uh, I would say, seven or eight years, nine years, the last decade or so, have been relatively successful. Uh, there are um, 
There is uh, support for justice for Palestine on college campuses across the country, particularly uh, black student formations have embraced uh, this cause. Uh, we know that uh, in 2014, when the Ferguson uprising uh, took place, when the Ferguson protests uh, erupted, it was uh, Palestinian activists uh, who were the first to express solidarity and, as such, uh, uh, helped to um, help to develop a global solidarity movement for Black Lives Matter. Uh, um, so I, um, I. I think that the characterization of the BDS uh, as um, a um, as a way of acknowledging the the, the South African uh, the boycott against South African apartheid and using using those strategies within the current situation is a, is, is is absolutely accurate. Uh, so I have been yes I've been involved in, in 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 the effort to encourage professional organizations I'm a member of the, the American um, Studies Association ASA was one of the first professional organizations to develop a resolution uh, uh, supporting the boycott, uh, the National Women's Studies Association. So I've been involved, actually, in many different contexts uh, to uh, help incorporate uh, the a call for justice for Palestine uh, in our social justice agendas more broadly. Um, and, of course, you wrote the 2015 book, Freedom is a Constant Struggle, Ferguson, Palestine and the Foundations of a Movement. Um, I wanted to read more from the letter from the Birmingham Holocaust Education Center to the Birmingham Civil Rights Institute. They said, We don't suggest Israel should be immune from criticism, but BDS ignores gross human rights transgressions by other countries around the world and focuses solely on Israel, the world's only Jewish state. The Reverend Martin Luther King Jr. said, when people criticize Zionists, they mean Jews. You are talking anti-Semitism, they said, quoting Dr. King. Can you respond to this, Angela Davis? Well, first of all, as I pointed out, BDS emerged from Palestinian civil society, uh, uh, and its purpose is precisely to focus on um, Israel, just as the boycott against South African apartheid was focused on uh, the South African apartheid state. Uh, so the first um, um, criticism they propose I don't think is valid at all. Um, Dr. King may have made uh, the, that uh, uh, statement indicating that peop when people uh, criticize Zionists, they are criticizing Jews uh, uh, at a particular moment in history. But I am certain that if he were alive today, he would uh, he would point out uh, that um, that justice is indivisible. As a matter of fact, uh, uh, he argued that. Uh, for the indivisibility of justice, justice anywhere, he wrote, is an assault to justice everywhere. So I'm quite certain uh, that, uh, that, that he would not remain silent on the question 
of uh, the uh, occupation, the continued occupation of Palestine, uh, the segregation that recalls uh, the segregation uh, uh, in South Africa and the segregation in the southern states during the pre-civil rights uh, era. Uh, um, and I'm certain that he would identify with Palestinian activists who have taken up uh, strategies developed by the U.S. civil rights movement. Um, you know, for example, uh, the Palestinian freedom riders, uh, uh, who were inspired by the freedom riders of the civil rights era, uh, in attempting to protest the segregation of um, highways, uh, of thoroughfares, uh, uh, that lead from one settlement to another settlement, and from which Palestinians are barred. Uh, uh, yeah, the trip that I made to Palestine in 2011 with um, a delegation of uh, women of color and indigenous uh, feminists uh, was revelatory uh, in a way that I had never expected. Uh, I, I thought that I was aware of the conditions in occupied Palestine, but when I visited Hebron and actually saw signs that barred uh, Palestinian automobiles uh, and, and, and Palestinian pedestrians from certain uh, streets, my response was, Segregation in Alabama uh, did not uh, did not bar black people from the thoroughfares. Uh, so in many ways, it, it 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 seemed to me to be even worse than the segregation of my childhood. Uh, I think the world needs to speak out against these conditions. Now, of course, as you pointed out, the Jewish community is not monolithic. A Jewish Voice for Peace condemned the decision by the Birmingham Civil Rights Institute. Over 350 academics across the country signed on to the JVP academic letter in support of Angela Davis. The letter reads, quote, the canceling of this award by the Birmingham Civil Rights Institute is unjust, insulting and ill-conceived, especially because it's likely premised on Professor Davis's longstanding support for Palestinian human rights. The decision seems to stem from a misinformed view that to advocate for Palestinian human rights is somehow offensive to the Jewish community. The letter goes on to state, as a Jewish organization dedicated to justice, dignity and equality for all people in Palestine, Israel, we share Professor Davis's visionary commitment to the indivisibility of justice and believe we are all responsible for pursuing social justice for all human beings without exception, which includes pursuing social justice for Palestinians. Professor Davis, you're talking about um, not only what happened uh, with the canceling of the award to you, but then the organizing that's taken place around both the issue and in support of you. Yes, that's actually quite exciting. Um, as, 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 as I said, um, uh, the, 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 the issue of— um, of Palestinian human rights uh, and its relation to the struggle for civil rights for people of African descent in this country is finally uh, being discussed in an open way. And I'm, I'm quite excited that uh, grassroots um, activists, uh, local organizations, uh, established figures uh, in the Birmingham uh, community, uh, professionals, uh, um, 
uh, people who were uh, involved in the civil rights movement um, over a half century ago have all come together to try to um, uh, make the point that the board of the Birmingham Civil Rights Institute does not represent the sentiment of people in Birmingham, Alabama. And I am uh, looking forward to uh, returning to Birmingham on Feb February 16th and participating in a range of events that are being organized by activists on the ground there. Well, let me go to a controversy that happened, well, a few months before you, um, about CNN contributor—well, former CNN contributor and Temple University professor Mark Lamont Hill, who was recently fired by CNN for giving a speech at the United Nations supporting Palestinian rights in November. CNN dropped him as a commentator after conservatives and pro-Israel groups, such as the Anti-Defamation League, condemned his comments, calling them anti-Semitic. Well, last month, Juan Gonzalez and I spoke to Mark Lamont Hill about his firing. I was specifically calling or speaking to my belief uh, that a one-state solution is the most fair, just and workable possibility right now. I did call for a free Palestine, uh, and a one-state solution for me is the way to do that. Many people responded, however, and were frustrated by that or, or said that I was somehow secretly dog-whistling for violence. Uh, I found that a bit hard to believe. There is absolutely a long tradition of black support uh, for Palestinians. There's a long support of black internationalism. Uh, and we, if we're going to be honest, there has been a long and deep support of African Americans uh, and blacks throughout the diaspora for the state of Israel. So we can't ignore that history either. They're, they're, but it's a long and complicated story. Uh, but I think in the last uh, 51 years, I would say since the, uh, the Six-Day War, uh, we've seen the black left, for sure, engage in a kind of internationalism that looks for solidarity, not just in Palestine, but with movements in Africa, movements in Latin America, an attempt to really shore up a base and a community of freedom fighters that understand that inequality and injustice is not local, but it's a transnational experience. And that in order to redress any problems we have, we have to look internationally. That's what Malcolm X was attempting to do. That's what Martin King was doing toward the end of his life. That's what the Black Panthers were doing. Uh, and when we look at current movements like uh, Black Lives Matter, one of the first things uh, that I found impressive about the Black Lives Matter movement was the fact that they were looking internationally. That's Temple University professor Mark Lamont Hill, who remains a professor at Temple, but was fired by CNN. He tweeted on Monday, this is shameful. I stand with my dear sister and friend, Angela Davis, responding to the rescinding of the award for you, Professor Davis. Um, your thoughts on this kind of pressure uh, being brought on, well, people like Mark Lamont Hill? Well, um it was absolutely shameful for CNN to capitulate to uh, pressure and uh, fire Mark Clement Hill. He was speaking at an event that takes place every year at uh, the United Nations on Palestine Solidarity Day. Uh, uh, so are, are, are they suggesting that they will attack everyone who uh, speaks at the UN on Palestine Solidarity Day under the guise? Uh, that uh, uh, they are um, anti-Semitic. Uh, I think it's time for a conversation on what constitutes anti-Semitism, the relationship between anti-Semitism and racism, 
And the difference between critiques of the state of, 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 of Israel, critiques of the occupation of Palestine, uh, uh, and um, anti-Semitism. Of course, uh, of all of us reserve the right to criticize uh, uh, the the, uh, the United States of America, the government, especially during this period. No one would argue uh, that by criticizing the government, we are criticizing all of the people of the U.S. As a matter of fact, I think it's very important to point out that there is a significant resistance among Jewish citizens of Israel inside Israel. Uh, uh, when I um, uh, visited uh, Palestine and Israel in um, 2011, I had the opportunity to speak with uh, a Jewish activists uh, who were uh, opposed to the occupation of, of Palestine. Uh, so I think that uh, uh, with attacks on people like Mark Lamont Hill and um, the organizers of the, the Women's March. Uh, so it seems as if there may be an effort to prevent black solidarity uh, with, with Palestine. I, 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 you know, I don't um, subscribe to conspiracy theories, uh, but it seems as if we're witnessing a consistent attack on uh, particularly radical black activists who are encouraging international solidarity uh, with many struggles in other places, but especially with the Palestinians. As a return to my conversation with Angela Davis, the scholar, human rights activist, former Black Panther, for more than four decades, Davis has been one of the most influential activists and intellectuals in the United States, an icon of the Black Liberation Movement. Angela Davis was set to receive the prestigious Fred L. Shuttlesworth Award from the Birmingham Civil Rights Institute. But on Friday, the board voted to rescind the award. During our conversation, Angela Davis talked about anti-Semitism. I think this, this uh, ideological uh, effort to equate uh, anti-Semitism anti with um, well—with um, much-needed critiques of the policies and practices of the state of Israel and the expressions of solidarity with the Palestinian uh, people. Uh, um, should be revealed uh, for 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 what it is, uh, uh, and I am I'm hoping that we will hear more um, Jewish people speaking out. I know that Jewish Voice for Peace has done an amazing job over the last uh, period, uh, and I've done uh, work with JVP. Uh, but I think this is a, a period uh, when, as, as Jews were the first white people to step up during the civil rights era, uh, to, to speak out against racism, uh, uh, I think that we, we, need to in, um, we need to engage in the kind of conversation uh, that will uh, reveal uh, the, 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 the true meaning of anti-Semitism. Help us to extricate ourselves from this uh, uh, McCarthyite uh, effort to equate 
boycott strategies uh, and solidarity strategies with anti-Semitism. Uh, uh, I should say that um, I know that previous recipients of the Fred, the Fred Shuttlesworth Human Rights uh, Award uh, are very angry about what has happened. I received a call from um, uh, Danny Glover. I received a call from Harry Belafonte, both of whom indicated that they will be contacting uh, the Birmingham Civil Rights Institute uh, uh, in, 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 in protest. I think these protests have to involve serious conversations uh, about uh, uh, the meaning of anti-Semitism and, and, and how to disarticulate charges of anti-Semitism uh, from uh, 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 civil rights and human rights strategies that are designed to uh, protect the people of Palestine. Well, let me ask you about the proposed Combating BDS Act, which was included in the first Senate bill of this new session. The legislation aimed to prevent opposition to the Israeli government by allowing state and local governments to sanction any U.S. companies which are engaged in a boycott against Israel. The bill failed to pass earlier this week amidst the government shutdown. Newly sworn in Palestinian-American Congress member Rashida Tlaib of Michigan Michigan criticized the bill on Democracy Now! this week. I agree with Senator Sanders and ACLU and others that see this not as a—see this as an anti-speech, uh, anti-First Amendment uh, bill. Uh, the fact that we have our senators that right now could be voting on opening up our government, they have the bills in their hands, are voting on this, that's distracting us from what is our focus, which is the American people. And I can tell you, you know, looking at um, this push among even just the states, saying that, you know, a you, you will not employ someone that doesn't sign some sort of allegiance to say that they will not boycott another country. It is literally at the core right there, is literally an attack on our Constitution, on our—one of the most critical rights that we have in our country is freedom of speech. I cannot imagine our country not having the right to economic boycott. Think about, uh, you know, Alabama, Montgomery. Think about all, Montgomery, Alabama, and all of the around the country, the civil rights movement. That's Rashida Tlaib, the first uh, Palestinian-American woman uh, in Congress, one of two Muslim women, along with Ilhan Omar, part of the most diverse Congress that has been voted in uh, in the history of the United States, more than 100 women serving in the new uh, 116th Congress of the United States. Your response, Professor Davis? Well, I am excited to see the new Congress, uh, and of course, uh, um, I'm very happy that uh, the um, Senate bill, Senate Bill 1, uh, did not pass. However, I think it should be uh, pointed out that um, uh, this is uh, not going to be the last we hear about this act to uh, combat uh, BDS. Uh, it reminds me of the McCarthy era. Uh, the um, effort to require people to, in effect, sign loyalty oaths that they re ref that they will not engage in uh, the boycott of the state of of, of Israel. I'm trying to imagine uh, uh, 
how that might have played out uh, during the era of the struggle against apartheid in South Africa, if, uh, if people in as many states have, have, have passed these acts uh, would have been required to agree not to advocate or engage in or participate in um, the uh, boycott of, of South Africa. This is, this is absolutely unconstitutional. Uh, and it, uh, it, it, it harks back to a period of our history which uh, many of us thought we had um, surpassed, uh, but it also indicates uh, uh, how important it is to engage in the kinds of um, um, conversations and struggles that will enlighten people as to the implications of, 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 of such measures. The award you were set to receive is named after the civil rights icon, Reverend Fred Shuttlesworth, who led the struggle in Birmingham, Alabama, to end segregation. When he died in 2011, the civil rights leader and Georgia Congress member John Lewis said, quote, when others did not have the courage to stand up, speak up, and speak out, Fred Shuttlesworth put all he had on the line to end segregation in Birmingham in the state of Alabama. This is Fred Shuttlesworth talking about the immediate visceral danger he encountered as one of the leaders of the civil rights movement. The Ku Klux Klan tried to blow me into heaven, blow me away. But you don't kill leaders, you don't kill the idea if you kill the person. But God saved me because he had to have somebody go through a spectacular demonstration of his power to live in Birmingham. And one of the detectives said to me, he said, if I were you, I'd get out of town as quick as I can. I said, well, the officer, you're not me. And you go back and tell your clan brother that if God could save me through this, I'm here for the duration, and if war is on. That was Fred Shuttlesworth, civil rights icon. His biographer, Andrew Manis, author of A Fire You Can't Put Out, and professor of history at Middle Georgia State University in Macon, has said, since your award was rescinded, I can't even imagine Fred Shuttlesworth hesitating for a moment to honor Angela Davis this way. Fred was willing to work with anybody, regardless of their politics, if they were on the side of freedom as soon as possible, and equality as soon as possible. Possible, he was on board with them." Unquote. As you listened to Fred Shuttlesworth, you knew Reverend Shuttlesworth? Oh, yes. Uh, uh, Reverend Shuttlesworth was the, the first um, really uh, rebel leader uh, during the period I was growing up in, in, in Birmingham. I uh, met him. I went to school with his daughter. I remember when his house was bombed. And I also remember uh, that uh, oftentimes uh, he was a, a, a lone voice. Uh, uh, eventually, people uh, spoke out and supported him. Um, but he was courageous. Uh, and as the uh, clip uh, uh, from a discussion with him you just played indicates, uh, uh, nobody could turn him around. Uh, nobody could turn him around. And uh, I, I was uh, uh, quite um, proud to have been offered the Fred Shuttlesworth Human Rights Award, which, uh, of course, uh, was uh, promptly withdrawn. Um, uh, but I, um, I think that Fred Shuttlesworth continues to inspire uh, 
people who are struggling for freedom, freedom not only for uh, black people, not only the struggle against racism, but in all struggles for justice, uh, for um, against misogyny, against homophobia, for economic rights, uh, uh, for, for global human rights. Well, let me ask you, Professor Davis, um, the top three uh, members of the Birmingham Civil Rights Institute have now resigned over this decision to throw you out. Um, and uh, this is, you know, as the many in the community are demanding that the leadership resign. If this were to be re-offered to you, to honor you, uh, in the name of Fred Shuttlesworth, would you accept that honor? Well, I think the Birmingham Civil Rights Institute not only owes uh, me an apology personally, but uh, should apologize uh, to uh, all people who stand on the side of justice. Uh, uh, should apologize to all people who believe that uh, justice is indivisible. This was not primarily an assault against me uh, as an individual. Uh, it was an assault against uh, um, uh, a whole generation of activists who have come to uh, recognize uh, how important internationalism uh, is. And, 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 and in the words of, of Dr. King, as I pointed out earlier, injustice anywhere is an assault to justice uh, everywhere. Uh, so for the time being, um, I, um, I, I would hope that they are uh, considering uh, uh, the possibility of such a, uh, a broad apology uh, to people of for whom this rescission was an affront everywhere. Well, Angela Davis, we want to thank you so much for joining us, and I want to wish you an early, happy 75th birthday as you celebrate Thank next you week. very much, Amy. Dr. Angela Davis, the scholar and human rights activist, professor emerita at the University of California, Santa Cruz, author of many books, including Freedom is a Constant Struggle, Ferguson, Palestine, and the Foundations of a Movement. For more than four decades, Dr. Davis has been one of the most influential activists and intellectuals in the United States, an icon of the black liberation movement. Last Friday, the Birmingham Civil Rights Institute rescinded a human rights award for her and canceled its February 16th gala altogether. But Dr. Davis still plans to go to Birmingham, her hometown, on that date for an alternative event organized by members of the community who are outraged by the Institute's decision. Visit democracynow.org to see our hour-long special with Angela Davis, where she talks about how Aretha Franklin once offered to post bail for her and much more. I'm Amy Goodman. Thanks for joining us.
but I'm feeling so sad. I long to try something I've never had. Oh, oh, never had no kissing. man, oh, where can you be? The night is cold And I'm so all alone Oh, I'd give my soul I'd give my soul Just to call you my own Oh, oh so much for tuning in to today's episode of the weekly review if you're interested in listening to other episodes please check out mutinyradio.fm check out the archive we've got shows going back to 2015 for this show there are shows going back to 2013 that are on a hard drive somewhere in the universe so that's exists also there's plenty of shows here at mutiny radio every day of the week if you're interested please check out our schedule again mutinyradio.fm there's shows here every day of the week some really incredible shows there's music there's politics there's news there's comedy poetry lots of other shows here so please do check them out also if you're interested in having a show here of your own uh, you can do so check out mutinyradio.fm we've got a few open slots you get two hours a week to do whatever you'd like if you're interested in donating to mutiny radio you can do so go to mutinyradio.fm and and or come in to many of our live shows and you can donate at the door also if you're interested in donating to this program in particular check out patreon.com forward slash weekly rev uh really grateful for the folks who are able to chip in every month uh keeps the show going so thank you so much to the donors uh big thank you to Hasenta gonzalez for calling in to 
the show today and uh, to all the folks at uh, Mi Gente for all the organization work, organizational work that they do. You can check them out at mihente.net. Also, the last audio clip I played is from Democracy Now!, and that's with Angela Davis. If you go to YouTube, it's on YouTube, or also Democracy Now!, you can check that out. That's also fairly recent. Uh, Indie Bay is another place for local independent news here in the Bay Area, so check them out. And I think that's going to be it for today. There may or may not be a women's magazine coming up today at at 2 p.m. I hope there is. Uh, Please do stay tuned, though, because there's lots of great programs here. Thanks so much for listening in. And... Thanks for all the folks out there existing in the world. And here's to a better tomorrow. One day, yes, I'm gonna take a notion to go right down. It ain't nobody business How much a child if I do Watch out, Mr. Longhorn
Let me check out your automobile. That's right, uh-huh. Check it out. I'm your body and friendly man. I want to fix your car, baby. I'm your body and friendly man. Let me fix your car. When it comes about it and fender, you know I'm some kind of superstar. I'm your body and fender man. Let me pound out your dent. I'm your body and fender man. I wanna pound out your dent, woman. While I hammer around the clock, baby, and it won't cost you one red cent. Listen here, now I don't care if your body's brand new or it's been knocked around. I swear they all look the same, baby. When you turn them upside down, I'm your body and friend of man. Let me fix your car. When it comes to bodies and fenders, you know I'm some kind of superstar. Now I work on a thousand U.S. models and foreign cars too. And if you got one from outer space, you know I still know what to do. I'm your body and tender man. Let me fix your car, woman. When it comes to bodies and fenders, you know I'm some kind of superstar. Come on, stand by my feet. 